well, we're going to bring you the first scoreboard show of the year. And man, is it going to be exciting. It was a, just an awesome night of great action. And we're going to bring you all the information about it. But we want to thank our sponsors that bring you this program. And we have a brand new one. And that's Iowa Tire in Fairfield, Iowa. They've come on and sponsored the uh, Van Buren Warriors, the Pekin Panthers, and the Fairfield Trojans tonight. Well, uh, also, I want to mention the, uh, all the other great ones that have been with us. Uh, Kyoto Transmission and Repair, Repair, Flint Cliffs Manufacturing of Burlington, Wester Drug and, of Wilton and Muscatine, Jim Fagan, your neighbor's insurance agent, Home Plate Sports Cards, of Oskaloosa, Henshaw Trailer Sales of Richland, Iowa, B&B Propane, uh, Richardson's Tech Solutions of Richland, Iowa, Farmers Co-op and Vision Ag of Kyoto, and the Packwood Locker, uh, soon to be Richland Meats and Groceries, or uh, soon to be Grinders Meats and Groceries of Richland, Iowa. Thanks so much, guys, for helping us, and you guys are going to really enjoy this program. Well, Scotty Melvin is with us. Uh, he's got the uh, Power Five ready. Uh, Scott came over last night. We had a little barbecue and some pork steak and had some uh, potato, or, uh, scalloped potatoes and a pretty nice meal. Uh, uh, thanks for coming over last night, Scott. Yeah, it was a good time, man. It was good to see you and Gina and eat some good food, some non, uh, you know, fitness uh healthy food for a change <laughs> it's a great time watching some waco football an intense game uh that went down to the wire that i don't i don't know how you can have a better saturday night than that well i sure liked uh, uh colt Lickie's coming up with that reception at the end of the game and winning that game that was uh yeah. uh but a couple couple tough teams you got a lot of a lot of good teams uh perform pretty high out there this week uh um, I'm interested to see, uh, is there any ins and outs or news or, or, uh, uh, a lot of teams really performed. There's some, there's some teams that, uh, are staying in and, you know, from my first week or my week zero or whatever you want to call it, uh, power five and some new ones moving in that were sitting on the cusp. Some that I thought would, would be in here for a long time are going to be out for now, just because that's how it went in week one. No big deal. Plenty of time to slide back in. And of course, uh, with anything else, these are just my own incoherent ramblings and they mean absolutely nothing. <laughs> so without uh, further ado, I want to go down to my number five spot. And, and, and there's a couple of teams that I couldn't leave out based on what they did Friday night. Um, so this number, uh, this number is going to be a uh, uh, shared uh, number five spot shared with the Wilton Beavers being my first team. Uh, on the list, big win against Mid Prairie. You got to reward these guys. We know how good. They that. Yeah, they're they're potentially one of the best around in Eastern Iowa for sure. We'll see how the season goes for them, but uh, we have high hopes for them. And they did not disappoint against Mid Prairie, going up against a bigger opponent. Uh, they're undefeated, one and zero. Gutted out a, a tough win against a, a bigger school, a rival school in many sports um, on the road. So Wilton had to be included in my top five, and I've got them sitting at number five, sharing a number five spot with someone else I could not ignore and I had to reward, and that's the West Burlington Notre Dame Falcons. Woo-hoo! Yeah, Breaking the top five? I got to put them in there, and I'll tell you why. It's because of what they have accomplished after some years of uh, not getting you know, in the win column very much, for one. What they went through a year ago 
I don't know the last time they started out one and oh it might not be that long ago I'm not sure but uh the way they uh handled business against Wapolo granted it was a 2a to class a matchup there and so on paper a 2a school should have the advantage numbers wise and all of that stuff um so I don't want to discount Wapolo's um role here in this game that it was quite an uphill challenge for them no matter what but West Burlington Notre Dame based on what they've uh you know been trending towards these last three years with coach Bowman at the helm I got to reward these guys the Falcons have got to be in the power five can they stay there for very long that remains to be seen um but they're in there this week buddy and and that's all that matters is the here and now that's what this is about so that's my five spot I'd like to throw in my two cents here uh I watched the game, and man, dude, they can do it all. I mean, their passing game is so amazing, and uh, uh, the defense is real solid. I didn't see any weaknesses there. The special teams is good. Uh, um, I think with what Davey is out there, they certainly had a big, big, big night. They've got a nice team put together. Like I said, uh, I don't know a ton of their names yet outside of, of course, uh, Caden Schwinker. Uh, We knew he was going to be a lot of – their success will be based on how he goes this year, and I expect him to, to do really good things. But it looks to me like they've got a really nice team around him. So uh, there's no reason they can't uh, be flirting around with this, my power five, all year long, if not staying solid in it, depending on how things go. They do have some tough opponents coming up, of course. But, uh, you know, that's uh, that's the nature of a football season. Well, they certainly Number- had a stellar week one performance. There's hardly no no question about that. Yeah, you, you watched it, and you said that, that Wapolo hung in, and it was kind of a, a thing where the Falcons kind of snowballed on them as the game wore on, which that makes perfect sense, talking 2A versus an A. But since West Burlington Notre Dame was able to accomplish uh, what they did and the role they should be able to in a game like this, I've got to give them, I've got to give them a, a shout-out here in my Power Five. Okay. Well, it's, it's off to a, a, a fantastic start. I mean, it's it, you call if you're listening to this for entertainment. This that was pretty entertaining. Well, number four, moving up to that spot, and I'm not putting two teams in every one because then we're out of ten. And I told you I don't have time to re- to dig into everything. <laughs> but okay. number four, I got solid uh, Fort Madison Bloodhounds team. Um, oh, they had a tough win. They did, and they've done it again. They've gutted out a, a very difficult victory over a Burlington team that's uh, you know a little bigger school right up the river from them on the, in the highway there, 61 rivalry. Um, that's turned into something special these last few seasons. It keeps going down to the last few minutes, if not seconds, between these two. And this is the second year in a row now that Fort Madison has found a way. And when you look at the stats, man, I think you and I talked about this last night. There's no way Fort Madison should have won this game, right? I mean, it looked like Burlington just ran and ran and ran all over. But yet Fort Madison kept them out of the end zone for the very most part, and gutted out this 15-12 to 12 win. Uh, Fort Madison's one of my dark horse picks in the district that they play in. Um, I think there's a lot of talent there. I think Coach Doherty's one of the best in the business, and they are a solid Power 5 team for me here going into Week 2. And they might break the top 10 in 3A uh, as they were on the bubble, and they got, yeah. a, got a big win there. Uh, uh, you are going to be... Uh, in Fort Madison Friday for the round guy game of the week, uh, which is uh, uh, they're playing that high-flying Fairfield team coming off a big win in Mount Pleasant. So that that ought to be some entertainment, hadn't it? It sure will be. And I, you know, when we were 
talking to coaches and stuff in the preseason here, and I was trying to pick out a game. I've been wanting to get to a Fort Madison game for a few years now and haven't been able to for one reason or another. And they're not that far from me, but Fairfield's pretty close. My daughter lives there, and I, me and her like to go to games on Friday nights together. And I, uh, Coach Doherty initially had said that they played up there at Fairfield. Remember that? Yeah. And, well, the, uh, time, well, the first time they played, I guess. Yeah, and I said, well, that makes perfect sense. Week two, I'll just swing down, grab my kid, and we'll head over to to uh, the field there and watch the game. And then turn turns out that the game's on the road for Fairfield down at Fort Madison. And I said, you know what? I already committed to going to this game. I'm going. And I'm glad I did because as things shook out here in week one with Fort Madison getting that big win against Burlington, Fairfield, um, in what sounds like when I listened to your interview there uh, with Andy Kretzinger, sound like kind of a strange and really interesting, exciting game with Mount Pleasant. You know, they they got some firepower um, and are looking like a a really good team in 3A. This could be uh, one of the marquee matchups of of Southeast Iowa this this Friday. So I'm glad that this has worked out the way it did. I will be there. All right, Fairfield. Uh, um potentially has a chance to break in the top five with a win down there this week. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're one that I, I flirt with putting in my top five. Uh, and the only reason I probably didn't is like I said, I can't put everybody in there that won and uh, their opponent was uh, one that I thought they should handle and they did. And so if they, if they were to beat Fort Madison this coming Friday, I think you'll be seeing the Trojans in my power five. So uh, I, I think there's a lot, you know, uh, uh, a lot of intrigue in this round guy game of the week. But, uh, I didn't yeah. mean to interrupt you too much. So. No, no. No, it's cool. Uh, going into number three, my number three spot last week for week zero was the Linville Sully Hawks, and I'm sticking with them. They are my number three team. They took care of business. They did exactly what I thought they would and should against Danville. Won uh, 54-13. Quarter down harder. Posted up his uh, his huddle highlights uh, from the game the other night, so go check those out. He had a big night, um, which was to be expected. Nothing, Nothing crazy or out of the ordinary happened there, in my opinion. And uh, Linville Sully is just a, a really good Class A team. I expect them to make a, a really, really good push to another dome run this year. So it won't surprise me if they hang out in my, in my Power Five somewhere all year long. Okay. Number two, um, yeah, again, this is one where what should have happened happened. But a lot of us didn't think it would. But Mediapolis Bulldogs playing what I consider maybe the most perfect week one game I've ever seen a high school team put together on in all facets of the game. They looked in midseason form uh, and their win over number five Columbus, class A five Columbus, 33 to seven. Um, Meepo, they just impressed me so much. I've got them at number two this week. They were kind of one of my first teams out or maybe they were my number five a week ago. Let me check my notes. I had them at number five last week and uh so they've shot up to number two because that's how number impressed two, That's about as uh, uh, good as you can do in a week. Yeah, I, you know, it, for me, in my power five, if you win and you beat a state-ranked team, you're going to get my attention. And that's well, just well, let way. me ask you this. <laughs> uh, um, I talked to Andy Kretzinger about this, and he agreed with me. I, I think uh, uh, Minneapolis Pierce is a top ten in 2A this week. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm, I'm looking at the, the Gazette. Poll. That's the one I'm going to go off of this year because that's the one that Southeast, Southeast Iowa Union is a part of as well. So that's the one I'm giving my attention to. And uh, in 2A, I don't see media. Yes, Mediapolis did get three votes already. Uh, 
for that first poll. So when that new one comes out, whatever, tomorrow or when, uh, Tuesday, wouldn't surprise me a bit to see them cracking into the top 10 there. Oh, that's, that's exciting. That's real exciting. Well, uh, uh, there's a lot of uh, expectations, uh, big expectations for the Bulldogs. Yeah, uh, we got our, you know, Jeff and I were able to get our eyes on it right there at the game. And let me tell you, hey, this is no knock on Columbus. Columbus is going to be just fine. They, um, you know, Jackson Hutchison, and if you want to do a whole interview with me later about this game, I won't say a lot, but it, it is what it is. It's a two-way school with a lot of depth and a lot of talent that did what they should have done against a really, really good Class A team. One team had a lot of legs that were fresh, and the other team was gassed, and, uh, and it just snowballed. Columbus had more mistakes. Columbus looked like a, a team playing their first game of the season, and there's nothing wrong with that. That's what most teams uh, look like game one. There's going to be some mistakes. There's going to be little mishaps, no matter how talented you are. Meepo didn't have them, and that's why I'm just, I've been raving since Friday night about this Bulldog squad. We'll see if they can sustain it. They're, you know, they're going to be going up against teams like them going forward as far as depth and everything. But uh, um, as far as week one goes, man, this is, this is a top-notch team in Southeast Iowa right now. Okay. Number one, this is going to be shared because these guys, both of these teams had to play teams on their level, but teams that were ranked higher than them, and they both won. And this, if this holds true for another week, then I get to have a, a, a hype week for week three. But Winfield, Mount Union, and Waco share the number one spot Whoa. week two power five because they both pulled off hard fought impressive victories over ranked teams in their class and that you could consider upsets as far as the polling goes. I don't consider them upsets, <laughs> but uh, I'm impressed as can be with both of these schools. They are what I thought they would be so far uh, one week into the season and we'll see how the rest goes. But as far as Southeast Iowa goes right now, these are the top dogs in our area when it comes to football and the Winfield Mount Union Wolves and the Waco Warriors. Wow, I, I I think I'm gonna really like this. Listen, we got a few minutes. Uh, um, tell me a little bit about your impressions of the Waco game last week. It it was a lot like I uh, thought it would be. Um, they didn't have quite the dominant runner, of course, that they've enjoyed the last few seasons with Simeon Reichenbach. Although Loudon Hausengate did his best impressions and had some some really nice runs, and I felt like as the game wore on, he got better and better. He certainly did. Uh, which both, yeah, and that bodes really well for them. But they had kind of a committee there to assist him, and that's what I figured it would be. And all of those guys uh, contributed in some way or another, and and uh, picked up the slack left by a you know a graduation that that a Reichenbach <laughs> leaves you with. And uh, so I was impressed with that. I was impressed with Clayton Miller's ability to throw the ball. Um, the receiving core is deep, and having Colton Lichty out there on offense playing tight end. I mean, that's just another dimension uh, that they didn't, you know, they had it last year with, with Odie and uh, some other guys, but I just have a feeling that Colton may be uh, a step up from what they've had in the past at that position, if that's even possible. <laughs> so well, uh, uh, let me ask you about Hunter Hughes. He stepped in there, made a big catch. Uh, seemed like made a lot of contributions in that game. Uh, oh, oh, how are you seeing him as a football player? The one catch I remember seeing, you know, I think he had he had at least two. I, I said triple coverage because there was a third guy around there, and I couldn't. I'd have to go back and look at the the replay to tell you how uh, you know close to the play that one was. But it looked like a triple coverage play, 
and he was able to jostle his way in amongst those bodies and come down with the ball. It reminded me of him playing basketball, and that's what it's going to be for for a guy like Hunter Hughes. He's not like Coach Edeker said. He's not uh, new to catching a ball. It's a little different shape, but he's got great hands. He's got great body control. You see that with the way he slashes and drives and scores at will in basketball. Having him as a, a wide receiver on this team is just um, it's invaluable to to the Warriors' success as the season goes on. And as far as I know, that might have been his only catch last night. I don't know if you remember if he had more. But... Well, I mean, uh, um, Monty had something in the first half, but that was a big catch in the second half on a third yeah, down, too. It was. And the fact that it was in traffic like that, I thought, oh, man, there's there's our basketball player <laughs> making a big football play. And uh, it, it's exciting to watch that. And on that note, how about uh, how about Mr. Adam Stafford, the big sophomore in those yeah, That was my next question. Well, what did, I mean, yeah, you know, uh, uh, I, I had a pretty, I mean, I've been, I've been hyping him up, you know, just from seeing him in practice, you know, and I, well, I don't he, think he failed to, I mean, he didn't, he didn't fail to deliver. I mean, he, he was, he is agile and he gets to that line and, and, and do you see how quick he gets to the quarterback yeah. and he takes a straight route too. He is fast. He, like you said, he's agile. He's everything you pumped him up to be from watching him in practice, um, out there on the field. Downright scary and unblockable. I mean, an eight man, you can only, you know, double so many guys. You've only got so many linemen. I mean, and when you got a kid like him that, let's say they successfully double team him. Well, then you got Chase Waterhouse and Colton Lichty. One of them's loose. You know, I mean, it's, uh, yeah, it's going to, uh, what about, what about Colton Lichty? I mean, he just did everything—interceptions, uh, yeah. tackles, sacks, uh, scored, the, caught the winning touchdown. I mean, it, it's strange, but it's just a typical game for him. Well, you know, outside—I I guess uh, outside of maybe kicking field goals, he's uh, the next uh, Reichenbach on a in a in a way because he he can do so many things on so many uh, facets of the game that impact it. Um, so you know. He's a senior, and these guys just get better every year. I don't. It's, I think they're going to have a really big year. The only real roadblock standing in their way is the Winfield Mount Union Wolves, and they were impressive in their own right. And, of course, I only got to see highlights of that game. A lot of them were Cam Buffington highlights. But I'm telling you, what a weapon Jake Edwards is at wide receiver there. Yeah, and, I talked to, to Coach uh, Morrison, or I mean uh, uh, McCarty, about you saying that he was he was the guy, you know, that you thought he was going to rise to the, the quarterback, and he said that you thought that would be the way that they could be the best team they could be, you know, because uh, they can use milks in other areas and receiver, and, and he's doing a great job uh, on defense. Uh, but, uh, yeah, Jake Edwards is is uh, uh, really making them a big threat. Yeah, you know, milks is, strikes me as more of a, a, a pure athlete that you could use in a lot of ways. Jake could be that too, honestly, um, but he, he's also – for my taste, more of a prototypical quarterback where he's just kind of made for it. Field general type, you know, uh, judging him by how he plays basketball as well. Great arm, uh, good smarts, all that stuff. And now you got Cole Milks freed up to contribute in a lot of other ways along with the other guys. And, and size-wise, man, when you He's go, a long body, too, you know. Be a big yeah. target as a receiver. Well, I mean – if you go watch those those highlights from the Central City game, Central City's no slouch, man. They were ranked number three coming into this game in the state. Uh, the size that, that Winfield Mount Union has is going to be a problem for a lot of people because they're not just big. These guys are big and athletic. They are they're freaks, man, and uh, they're going to be a lot of fun to watch. I 
they're one that I, another one like Columbus or Waco that if I could get to all of their games, I would go watch them every single Friday. But there's a player there I want to ask you about that, that's getting overlooked, and it's Carter Lloyd. Uh, yeah. uh, Carter Lloyd's an athlete too, isn't he? He's another one like Milks, and yeah, I, I was kind of kicking myself in the rear uh, when we previewed them because I, as happens often, we're kind of in a rush and, and I forget to mention somebody and he was one I forgot to bring up, but he's, he's another kid that's like uh, just that all around athlete that you could do a lot of things with. He'll be great on defense. He's going to catch some balls. He's a, a key contributor to this team. And that's what a football team takes. You can't just have the one guy. Uh, one guy can take you quite a ways. But you got to have a whole team full working together and, and doing all the right things and helping each other. And Carter Lloyd's a big piece of this Winfield Mount Union uh, team success. And, uh, yeah, it, it's going to be fun to watch these two teams decide for me which one of them is out of this top spot in week three because I don't think either of them will probably go down next week. Well, uh, um, I don't know. Last night we were so focused on Waco, I never even got to talk to you about the uh, Minneapolis game. Uh, the Minneapolis Columbus game, you were there. Uh, I talked to uh, Jeff Mills about it, but uh, you said you, you could kind of get your thoughts on that in just a few minutes. Uh, and I'm not asking you to stick around a long time, but uh, yeah, because I got to get going here pretty quick. Give me uh, the gist of that game. It's going to be kind of a, a repeat of, of what Jeff said. Um, a lot of it was, you know, two two major factors that sunk Columbus. Um, well, we'll go with three. The first one, Columbus made some week one type mistakes and errors. You know, that to me is no big deal. That's easy fix. Coach Lackwood probably taking that a lot harder than he needs to. But that's that's going to get itself ironed out. That's that's almost everybody on week one. Number two, field position. Field position was huge in this game because Columbus always had at least 80 yards of field to have to work against a stout defense that constantly had fresh legs and has one of the two of the best linebackers in southeast Iowa. Um, and, and Alton Wunderlich, don't let him get overlooked because he's a stud at linebacker. But the one that really blew me away was Chet Moore. And I had a feeling that was going to be the case. Now, he's a tight end on offense, too. But Chet Moore is right up there with Cam Buffington, Hayden from Fort Madison, and uh, all these other, you know, I'm not going to list them all, but the, the linebackers that we're just so blessed in Southeast Iowa to have, these high-caliber guys, he's one of the best. And it was a pleasure watching him. So uh, it was hard for Columbus to work that length of the field uh, and, and get points. And then the, the third thing, was, you know, again, was the depth. Um, Columbus doesn't have it. They're Class A. They are as good as anybody when you're looking at their, you know, first 11. Um, going head-to-head -head against anybody else's first 11 in Southeast Iowa and darn near any, any class, I would put Columbus's guys up against anybody. That's how good they are. They've got size, they've got athleticism, speed, um, strength out the wazoo. But <laughs> 2A and Mediapolis has great participation, exactly the kind of things I talk about if you want to get a program established like Coach Borison has, is, is kids coming out for football and they are just, you know, stacked with athletes. And uh, they, they, did, they didn't look like they were impacted by the heat at all. So it was just a tale of two, two different situations for these teams. And uh, – Columbus hung in pretty well, but Meepo just kept pounding on them. And, uh, you know, the war of attrition, it got them. But uh, what impressed me about the Bulldogs the most, again, and I can't overstate it, is I've never seen a team play this flawlessly in week one on the high school level. 
And if I have, I'd have to go back to my home state of Illinois to some state championship teams. I'm not saying the Bulldogs are going to win the state championship this year, but who knows? They might. But that's the caliber of uh, of uh, performance that they had for me Friday night was a team that good is usually the only kind you're going to see come out of the gate, like say Williamsburg did the other night against West Branch, and just you know destroy anybody in their way because they're already playing like they've got six games under their belt. And that's how the Bulldogs played Friday night. I think there's a chance. You might have seen a, a 2A and A uh, state champion on the field at the same time. It would not shock me a bit to see either one of these uh, guys up at the Dome uh, after the completion of that portion of uh, playing in uh, home and away situations. I could see it happening, both these teams. Yeah, I could see state championships in eight-man, 2A, A. You know, I could see some pretty deep runs in some of these other, other areas, you know. Um, but, wow. Uh, I, I get it. Well, I know you're, you're kind of busy, so we'll just, uh, anything else you want to say before we wrap it up? Um, I don't think so. We Like I said, if you wanted to do a deep dive on that game, we could, but I think everything's been said that could be said. And, uh, you know, I, I had a lot of thoughts prepared when we talked about the game since I was there. And then I read, I told you last night, I read the, uh, the article from the Hawkeye there, newspaper, and Jackson Hutchison, who had a whale of a ball game also for Mediapolis, he put it perfectly. He's like, Hey, we knew we were the bigger school. We knew we had more bodies to run out there, and they didn't, and they got gassed. And that's basically yeah, and what. That humidity didn't help Columbus any. No, and you hear me kind of poo-poo on the heat thing as far as this hydration thing goes. But I will tell you this, buddy, and we all know it from working at it. If you ever have outdoors, yeah, it'll tire you out pretty darn fast. And, uh, and that's what happened with Columbus. No big deal. They just need to flush this one, uh, learn from it what they can, and uh, they did a lot of things really well. They're going to be playing back down on their level going forward the rest of the season. And, uh, you know, keep maybe keep this uh, bitter taste from this game in the back of your mouth there so that you can use that as firepower going forward. But other than that, there's nothing really uh, negative to take from this game. And, and uh, I expect Columbus to still have a huge season. Well, uh, the Pekin Panthers went up and played these Wilton Beavers that you got in this thing in a scrimmage, you know. And, uh, you know, it was, it was pretty rough on them, you know. But the next week they were playing Albia, and it was a whole different ball game. You see what I mean? You know, but they they really credited uh, uh, that scrimmage with getting them uh, um, uh, ready for for a win on the first uh, uh, game of the season. And uh, I think this would be a good a good thing for Columbus in the long run. Yeah, I don't. It's, it's not going to hurt them a bit. You know, I said the main thing for both of these teams um, because they both have high hopes going in, and I don't think either coach wanted this game that <laughs> the state assigned to them uh, right off the bat, but. The main thing was to, to get reps in, kind of like a scrimmage, like you're saying, and everybody come out of it healthy. And I think that's what happened. And, uh, you know, there's there, so there's no real negative impact on either team win or lose in this one. Uh, one other thing I want to say before we get off here, I finally got to see Drew Miller punt in person. I was getting getting kind of nervous because it was towards the end of the game, I think. But uh, he, he booted it sky high, over 50 yards, and killed it on the five or on the four. Uh, man, there are guys in the NFL that can't do that on a consistent basis. It was it was really cool to see in person. Well, one time John Wayne was out on a, a golf course, and just as he got to the furthest point away from the clubhouse, he lit up his last cigarette. And then he looked at her and says, man, I'd walk a mile for a camel, you know. <laughs> and I'd walk a mile to see that kid putt, wouldn't you? 
I sure would. I've said it before. I, I was blessed to grow up there in West uh, Central Illinois near Western Illinois University and saw a lot of future NFL players over there. And one that sticks out in my mind that was always special because it was so unique was Mike Cyphers, who had a long career with the San Diego Chargers and was an all-pro punter uh, for years with them. I got to see him in person. And I'm not kidding you, Dave. People showed up early to watch him warm up an hour before the game to watch a punter. And uh, it, it was really cool to see him and then follow him through his pro career. And, you know, that strong leg he had, he, he kicked some some uh, gateway conference championship field goals from 60-plus. I mean, and this is the kind of future Drew, Drew may have ahead of him going off to Georgia and, and hopefully beyond if that's his dream to play pro. I think he can do it. He shakes my nerve and he rattles my brain. Uh, the way he kicks, it's kind of insane. Uh, it is. <laughs> he's, that's why we call him the killer. Uh, and he's a great quarterback, too, isn't he? And I don't know if anybody brought this up either real quick. He can run that ball, too. It always worries me because I don't want him, I don't want to see him taking a, a lick and getting hurt or anything. But he's a big, strong kid, and he's got some wheels uh, to go along with that arm and leg that kick. And, uh, you know, he's going to be a very key part of Mediapolis's success this year. And uh, they're lucky to have him. Well, he can take a lick and keep on ticking uh, because uh, media was going a long ways this year. That's there's no question about it. They really they put uh, uh, playing football on a high level at, uh, on display Friday night. Well, uh, thanks for being with us, Scotty. We'll uh, uh, get a hold of you and do a beat the round guy. I'm looking at the schedule. Woo, there's a bunch of good ones. Yeah, it's going to warm up. Uh, it's going to heat up, whatever you want to call it, uh, real fast around here coming into this next week i'm excited well uh thanks for the pork steaks buddy you got it we'll do it again all right bye Bye. well we're gonna bring you the first scoreboard show of the year and man is it gonna be exciting it was a just an awesome night of great action and we're gonna bring you all the information about it but we want to thank our sponsors that bring you this program and we have a brand new one and that's iowa tire in fairfield iowa they've come on and sponsored the uh Van Buren Warriors, the Pekin Panthers, and the Fairfield Trojans tonight. Well, uh, also I want to mention the, uh, all the other great ones that have been with us. Uh, Kyoto Transmission and Repair, Repair, Flint Cliffs Manufacturing of Burlington, Wester Drug and, of Wilton and Muscatine, Jim Fagan, your neighbor's insurance agent, Home Plate Sports Cards of Oskaloosa, Henshaw Trailer Sales of Richland, Iowa, B&B Propane, uh, Richardson's Tech Solutions of Richland, Iowa, Farmers Co-op and Vision Ag of Kyoto, and the Packwood Locker, uh, soon to be Richland Meats and Groceries, or uh, soon to be Grinders Meats and Groceries of Richland, Iowa. Thanks so much, guys, for helping us, and you guys are going to really enjoy this program.